0: All right. Well, we'll hand over to you and Matt now, Liz, and um, we'll be back shortly.
1: Great. So in this wonderful moving feast that is sort of a mix between a a series of uh, scientific revelations and truth telling and uh, honest from the heart, uh, please to this government, to the New Zealand Blood Service, and to the hospital on behalf of baby Will, we are mixing and matching who fronts these little segments. So I'm honoured to have you on again, Matt Shelton, as my co-host. And would you like to introduce the next two guests, please?
2: Sure. Hey, hey, thanks, Liz. Um, I, I better just introduce myself. Um, again, because there's the inevitable dis- disclaimer. Um, that you're probably all bored of hearing. But just to remind people, I'm um, New Zealand's most suspended doctor. Um, suspended twice with a. Um, brief court victory in the middle. Um, so I'm not currently uh, working. I don't have an annual practicing certificate, but I've been a doctor for 37 years. Uh, and my views are my own, but based on on thousands of hours now of, of, of research, but they do differ from the Ministry of Health, of course, uh, and the government's views are very clear on their own their own website. Um, So look, that over with,
3: Um, I'm Matt. Matt, I'm gonna
1: stop you there for a moment. I was smiling because, you know, in the world that we are birthing, which is a decent world, an ethical world, a moral world, that will be your badge of honor. That's like your war medal. New Zealand's most suspended doctor. One day we will say, well, look at this hero. Look what he stood up for and spoke out to his great cost. So I was smiling because I was celebrating that actually.
2: Thank you and actually I don't know if that's true there may be somebody who's been suspended more times than me I I, I don't know uh, I, I really hope not because it's, it's it's no fun but it's all in a good cause um but look I, I'm delighted to welcome two of my good friends um Dr David Nixon and um Dr Anna mahokit um t- to join us so we're part of a, a, a quite a large international group now that's that's trying to investigate well that is investigating um particularly the the sort of redacted and confidential. Ingredients in the um, in the Pfizer vaccine that um, you know we, we're not allowed to know anything about, uh, and we're trying to connect this with um, you know what we do know about the um, the terrible toll of injuries and, and the rising all cause mortality in all countries in people who've been vaccinated, um, and, and particularly the deaths that are very closely related in time to the vaccination, um, a, a, about which there's the usual mute silence from um, from the, certainly the press. Uh, and we've been trying, in fact, since the rollout, before the rollout began in New Zealand to alert authorities um, a- about the safety signals that have been screaming blue murder from the rooftops, um, you know, about the unprecedented um, harm there seems to be, um, and-, and demanding a, a halt to the rollout and, and an investigation, um, you know, c- commensurate with, with with what happens in normal times. Uh, and we've long ago exceeded all the lines in the sand and the red flags you would ever need to um you know, to get some questions answered uh, and and to take care of our population. So um uh, I'll just introduce someone at a time. Um, so Anna is a um a specialist physician, internal medicine, um and has um well, both she and David actually have done really original um thinking and experimental work um that I hope we'll we'll be able to talk about uh, this afternoon. Um so perhaps um i'll I'll introduce um, Anna first, and she can tell us a little bit. Um, perhaps about her background and what i'm particularly interested to hear is is sort of her journey of of um of sort of thought and insight into into you know what may be going on to explain um you know what we think think we're seeing in our investigations um and, and what may be behind the injuries um and then we'll move on to david so let's, let's fire away so anna hi tell us about yourself
4: Hi, so I'm an internal medicine physician. Uh, I have an anti-aging clinic in the United States and I uh, have done a lot of work with different physician groups in in this fight in COVID. And then I started collaborating with this international group and working a lot with David and uh, he does dark field microscopy. I myself then got a dark field microscope and started looking at live blood analysis. And what's very interesting is that uh, from seeing what David has found in the vials. Then looking at the blood, we started seeing these structures that look like ribbons and a lot of abnormalities of the blood including what's called rouleau formation which is a kind of a stacking of the blood and it indicates the inability of the blood to transport oxygen in a uh, in a manner that that would allow the body to uh to have an adequate oxygen supply so One of the things that I've correlated this with is in my office, taking care of uh, acute COVID and then long COVID symptoms, I've seen an extraordinary rapidity of aging in uh, all age groups. So uh, this quote unquote long COVID is a a symptom complex where people were developing brain fog, extreme fatigue, and they were so tired. so dysfunctional after getting this acute COVID that, uh, that, that literally uh, 30 year olds were having dementia like symptoms couldn't remember, uh, you know, how to do simple math and all kinds of things. So this is happening to millions and millions of people around the globe. And the thought is, is that maybe that there was a persistence of spike protein? Well, it turns out that in looking at live blood analysis, these ribbons that were growing from the Pfizer vial are also visible in the live blood and they uh, cause these this finding of Rolo you can see it right after they had what's called acute COVID then you can see it you know months and months after when they have persistent symptoms and so the the issue that is really concerning is that initially we were seeing these changes in vaccinated blood but now I'm seeing it in almost everyone who's unvaccinated and the slides that i was going to share was actually someone who had just received a blood transfusion within the past week and the blood was full of these structures and ribbons and the blood was deformed and abnormal with this rollo formation so we are not able to look at a nanoscale. We are looking at a micro scale. So uh, when we are discussing that there may be nanotechnology in these vials, something is growing to a fairly large extent. It appears to be sensitive to frequency like Wi-Fi. And that's something that David has shown. So my concern as a clinician is that uh, there is something that is affecting all of humanity it is contaminating the blood it may come from what's called shedding it can also come from chemtrails environmental exposure it appears that these kinds of structures are also uh, found now in the food supply we've looked at our colleague uh, Matt Taylor found it in rainwater it is in many different vaccines it's been shown in the flu vaccine giardazil we've we've looked at many different uh uh, of these vials around the world so there is a an assault on the health of humanity and it is very very concerning and from the research of patents that Uh, particular Karen Kingston has done. There's a lot of information regarding hydrogel. Hydrogel is a form of programmable matter that can grow from uh, a nano size to uh, quite a large size in minutes, in particular, if it is exposed to frequency. This type of hydrogel, which is like a polymer plastic, you could think about, it has metals in. Them And these metals, for example, even uh, other atomic structures like graphene or carbon nanotubes, make it able to be a sender and a receiver. And so the concern here is, in light of what we have uh, researched about what's called the transhumanist agenda and the great reset, that there is something afoot that would like uh, for humanity to become unconscious consumers and that that the consciousness of people could be uploaded into a cloud. And that the, like Juval Harari has said, that the soul and the spirit of Humans will be a thing of the past. So I have done a lot of research in regards to what would be the overall um, platform to make this happen. And it turns out that hydrogel can mimic the function of neurons, uh, as can carbon nanotubes, and that literally uh, this can um, affect how people are thinking their brain function. This is on top of the biometric uh, digital ID uh, idea of being able to transmit biometric data and recognize someone uh, via this imprint. So there's a grave danger here. And the concern is, is that if these structures that we're seeing in the blood have something to do with the extraordinary clots that are found from embalmers that are six feet long uh, and that have by Mike Adams in the United States been analyzed and have been shown to be self-assembly carbon structures with metals in them. So the very same thing that we are concerned about uh, and that we might be seeing in blood, then this is something of the utmost urgency. And in this fight for baby Will and every other baby on planet Earth, because this is an example that we are fighting for the right of uh, human health and human uh, evolution in regards to being uncontaminated human species. Uh, And this is very important to understand that the blood is a key component and that this live blood microscopy that we are doing appears to be evidence that there is a tampering with the human's blood and so this is how i would put it and i think that this is a very very important discussion because any human being should have the right to have uh, blood that's uncontaminated. And as people are getting out of denial of how dangerous these shots are and what's really in them, uh, I think that we all have to fight for the right. And I urge every person that is watching this broadcast to get involved everywhere worldwide. Fight for blood banks, fight for childrens like uh, Baby Will, because What happens to one human being will eventually happen to all of humanity. This is where we have to all get involved now. Anna, that's
1: an egg, that's a, that's an extraordinary arc of information. I'm taking it back to the meeting with Baby Will's parents at Starship Hospital with the surgeon and the doctor, in which we tried to suggest that actually the mRNA could still be in the blood going into Will, that the, the lipid nanoparticle remnants and other things that we don't know because Pfizer hasn't been open open about what's in this jab. Could still be in the blood that's going to will. And they rolled their eyes. The, the the doctor said to me, Oh, that sounds like science fiction. Can you imagine what they're thinking now? They'll be writing this off as conspiracy theory, as conjecture, as far too, far too far beyond what any human would do. Have you gone through that stage as you've researched, where you've where you've looked at the results and said, this couldn't be possible humans wouldn't be this cruel this this uncaring have you gone through that stage to reach the point you're at now where you can give this arc of of the information you're convinced of
4: I understand absolute evil, and I have for a long time researched this, this transhumanist agenda, the globalists that are enslaving the world, and I think that we are up against an evil that people cannot comprehend, because they think that the people that we see, the World Economic Forum, etc., those are just people like you and I that they have a conscience. I don't think so. So uh, I think that it is very important to contemplate that that whoever made this up and who pushed to have 70% of humanity injected with this, be it spike protein, which we know it's scientifically proven as a toxin, causes myocarditis, causes blood clots, the mRNA that reverse transcribes into human DNA. Now there are studies that clearly this is shedding into breast milk. We see the fraud of the Pfizer trials. We see how the Department of Defense in the United States was involved I mean, this is a conspiracy of such proportions against humanity that it's very challenging to wrap one's mind around. But if we start with the simple fact that we all have the right to choose our own health and to have doctors who will listen to us and who understand and respect our choices and give us informed consent, that did not happen with any of these shots. They were blank. Pages. And none of the the side effects were actually ever discussed. So there is so much that went wrong. And unfortunately, the most educated people, which are the clinicians, have been the most brainwashed. And that makes them dangerous. And actually, unfortunately, they have been coerced through their brainwashing and their unwillingness to learn more about the potential side effects and remember the Nuremberg court and remember the Hippocratic oath of do no harm. Uh, They have been responsible for this tragic, tragic, genocidal event in human history.
1: You, you are not brainwashed, Matt Shelton, and you certainly are our other guest. Uh, David, you got your uh, degree from the University of Otago, 25 years you've been a general practitioner, and in the notes I looked up about you, you say, I would encourage anybody to consider purchasing a dark field microscope and start looking, and please email me with any questions with regard to this. This is on your blog page. Do you get questions? from around the world now david
3: um yes i've i've had quite a few questions and before i go any further i'd just like to say that i do have a neurological problem which affects my speech and i'm not able to give the sort of arc that did, but i support everything she said in fact matt's comment to me um, when we first met, was you know, did you have gin for breakfast or have you got MS? <laughs> <So> <laughs> that's the, the first time I've actually told that story. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> that,
1: that's that's Matt's ruthless cross examination of you, David. Your your yeah. writing is wonderful, and I would recommend your blog to everybody.
2: I deserve everybody. the right to reply.
1: <laughs> so so, David, when did you first become aware of? of the scale of horror that Anna has described, because for many, it is still unpalatable. Those doctors in the hospital are not even aware of the beginning of this, and many Kiwis have gone deep diving into this horror. But when did you become
3: aware? Well, I think I became aware that things had changed. You know, things made sense for a little while. We were gonna vaccinate the elderly, we were gonna vaccinate the front, Workers, there wasn't any adverse side effects. There seemed to be neutral, at worst, neutral signals from the UK about um, some vaccines that we had in Australia, which was AstraZeneca. But very quickly became apparent that we didn't know all the information about the vaccine in terms of what was in it. Um, And the the side effects in the desk kept mounting up. We we were told, you know, it was clear that some of the institutions that we've trusted for years and years to keep us safe um, weren't working, and that was a that was a you know the I felt the floor fall away for a while when I realised that you know the TGA. In Australia, has ninety-four percent of its funding from the pharmaceutical industry.
1: It's the Therapeutic Goods Act. Wow,
3: Goods um, Association. Yeah, so um, you know, you know, uh, what could possibly go wrong with that? <laughs> Sorry,
1: the Therapeutic Goods Association, Matt.
3: Yeah.
1: when did you first come across David's work?
2: Um, oh, probably a, sort of a few months ago. We all met each other. Um, around this about the same sort of time but I, I have to say I share both the the journeys of of Anna and David and and you know we do need to come back to middle New Zealand and how people who are unfamiliar um with the other side of the narrative you know may be feeling with the kind of you know impassioned alarm calls that 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 Anna and, and you know us NZDSOS and all of us, you know, are sharing around the urgency. But we have to remember that that we've all come to where we've come by a process of sort of evolutionary learning and consideration, and it's a gradual process. And it's a hell of an ask to expect people to suddenly swallow what we're saying. But, you know, w- we would say that we've been barking on about this stuff for a year and a half. In fact, before the, the, the rollout started, um, because there were, you know, there were alarm bells and safety questions and red flags, you know, all over the place. Um, you know, right at the beginning. And, um, you know, the experimental work that um, Anna's been doing and David have been doing, although um, for both of them, I think they've only had their dark field microscopy um, for sort of for months rather than years. We were hearing from people that have been doing dark field microscopy their their whole careers, their professional professional lives, um, you know, who were all agreed and alarmed that they were starting to see things that they'd never seen before in their professional careers. Um, since b- before the rollout, uh, and so this kind of unprecedented um, rise in signs of inflammation in the blood, um, and Anna mentioned rouleau formation, which is where you see the red blood cells essentially all stacked up like dinner plates, um, sort of stuck together, uh, is is a, is a sort of classic sign of trouble. Um, but the appearance of things that 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 are tubular or or, or flat, worm-like structures, or little bits of glinting um, metallic structures, or, or, or you know. Crystals, and I mean, you know, crystals do occur in nature and biology. We get that, but the literature research we've done, you know, we're we really trying desperately to find another explanation for what for what we're seeing um, that is a benign one and doesn't shriek um, alarm bells. But we've been unable to, and and we've also uncovered a huge literature research literature that that Anna mentioned too um, of the use and the development of carbon nanotechnology. Um, you know, and and nanomaterials, um, you know, in research, uh, and, and some of it involving vaccines, but very much in the research laboratory. That's been going on for decades. Um, and the sophistication and the state of the art is is absolutely astonishing. Um and Anna particularly um has an interest in physics um and, and has in fact has written on um the sort of the quantum um the, you know the 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 kind of the quantum functioning that may well be going on, you know, remembering that we can only see down the microscope, but other groups have done spectroscopic analysis and they have shown metallic elements and they have shown in some vaccines, the complete absence of anything that you would expect to find if there was messenger RNA in there, for instance. So if there's no nitrogen, there's no phosphorus, then you haven't got any amino acids. You haven't got messenger RNA. Um, so, you know, th- there are so many, um, unanswered questions and so many gaps in the narrative that you can drive a bus through that you know really well meaning and and frankly quite risk taking people you know like ourselves are trying to provide an answer for so that people can you know understand um and and, and be better informed uh, i mean, understand love- what who knows but but yes. you know, we're being uh, lied to there's no doubt about that
1: from both of you from from having looked in these in at this blood at the, to this level i'd like Your absolute feedback on the government thinking that it can force this blood into the body of this little baby when the parents, in fact, want unjabbed blood. Where do you come down on this debate that is raging across New Zealand, Anna?
4: i absolutely think that uh it should not be done and that the fight should not stop and that uh every baby and especially in this case uh to to fight for unvaccinated blood is extremely important. Because if we see this much damage and concern at a large scale, we don't even begin to know what's going on on a nano scale. What if this blood injures this baby for life or may cost its life because of this blood clotting issue, this inflammatory process that we've seen in people? I think it's very, very concerning. I would, with the greatest urgency, continue to fight. Are you
1: being decried in your country? Are you being written off by mainstream media as some idiot conspiracy theorist, as most of us who have stood up and questioned this rollout here in New Zealand have? have? Have you been written off as well, Anna?
4: Um, Most of mainstream media ignores us, we have a few alternative medias who are supportive and have featured us, Uh, one of which is actually Australia's Maria Maria Z, Stu Peters. Uh, so, you know, we try to get our word out through, uh, our substacks. Uh, so it's challenging because even in the United States, the mainstream physician resistance does not want to speak about what our findings are and they're ignoring it. They continue the, the spike uh, protein narrative, which in my mind is extremely dangerous because As Matt said, we found uh, extreme amounts of metals like aluminum, tellurium, uh, all kinds of things uh, that should not go into the human body. And then this nanotechnology or microtechnology that David uh, has shown, is absolutely concerning so I think that every human being should be starting to talk about it because the potential treatment implications are completely different what I have seen is people with regular vaccine injury protocols with just ivermectin and and vitamins like quercetin uh, vitamin d and c they do not clear their blood So that means that they may be unknowingly at risk for future blood clotting, and I've done a lot of research around this marker called a D-dimer, which actually is a marker for blood clotting, and I found that even unvaccinated people, when they were in contact with the vaccinated, started to have blood clotting issues, and it showed up in this blood test, and so what I'm saying is that That unfortunately, many physicians feel that that if they were to speak of microtechnology uh, that their reputation would be at risk. But what I always say is, my goodness, 5.4 billion people have been injected and we should lay aside our concerns about reputation or being attacked and fight for the survival of the human species.
1: What Well said. And, David, what are you seeing? Tell us more of what Anna referred to there. What are you seeing?
3: Well, before I talk about what I'm seeing, Liz, I was just wondering if I could mean, what I was thinking as I was listening to Anna there was these injectables have killed more people than all other medications ever. (laughs) And that was what Philip Altman um, stated on a Zoom call that I was on last week. So for this blood to be effectively safe and effective, then the vaccine would have to be safe and effective, and it's not, it's the most dangerous medication that we've ever ever used. So, you know, I just, when you put, put those bits together, um, yeah,
1: That's that's quite breathtaking, Matt. What are your questions that drop out from that statement? That really is salutary.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I've got, you know, questions and and comments. I mean, we can certainly speak to the scale of um, certainly deaths in young people here. And of course, this is a small country. We're all connected. We have networks. So, you know, people hear very quickly um, when, as just as happened at the weekend, you know, a 14 year old boy dies. he had known myocarditis following the vaccine um there's another 14 year old boy who, who dropped dead in front of his family we had a 13 year old who died doing a sports race at school and uh, you know this this in no way is this normal you know rare as hen's teeth and in medicine you know we never say never and we never say always because you'll always be proved wrong um but you know vanishingly rare is a term that's being thrown around to describe um, you know, serious side effects and the risk of myocarditis after the vaccine. And, and it turns out that actually, you know, we're talking three, four orders of magnitude worse than vanishingly rare, um, you know, dramatic differences between the truth. Um, you know, there's there's research converging on, on possibly a couple of percent, two or three percent of clinical cardiac inflammation. Um, the, the study of Thailand teen boys, there's um, a big study out of Switzerland looking at adults. Um, and they both came in around about two and a half, three 3%. Um, and this is this is a clinical known cases, the problem is there's a huge iceberg beneath the surface of subclinical cardiac inflammation. So even all the ones um, that are actually happening and um, don't get reported. But the Swiss study seems to suggest that everybody that gets the shot um, may well have a degree of myocardial inflammation. And, you know, there's what we call biological plausibility for that. You know, there, there's actually any number of mechanisms, um, some of which were predicted before the vaccine was even rolled out where this might happen. So we've got this huge disconnect between uh, what we're told is happening or you know what, what we should expect and what's actually happening, you know, in our communities. And, you know, most people, if you ask them now, if they're honest, will know if somebody who's had a significant vaccine injury, um, the... The, the the redacted and then whistleblown Israeli data done by the Ministry of Health showed that most vaccine injuries uh last more than six months. Uh sixty percent I think it was, you know, last more than sixty months and uh, six months. And that's certainly what the doctors in the vaccine injury line here in New Zealand are reporting, um, and and, you know, w- what we know from friends and family. Uh I mean, I have an in-law and a and a really good friend and his wife, all three of them had pericarditis. So that's not even, you know, patients I used to have or 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 whatever, you know, and and so everybody can quote that, but everybody thinks it's rare, and it's just them, and it's not happening elsewhere. But it actually is, you know, and and the challenge is to connect everybody, uh, and help them realise actually how, uh, how unprecedented this is, as as the living visible proof um, of, of the harm, that, uh, that was predictable, and emerged very early on, and about which some people have been doing their absolute best, um, you know, at some risk, professionally or otherwise. Um, you know, to alert everyone else to what's going on.
1: And David so that's a I long-winded see, answer. I see you nodding though to a lot of what Matt's saying, David. You are mm-hmm. you you are agreeing with that. And I asked you earlier, what is it that you are seeing under the microscope? You said you'd come back to that. What what is it that you're yeah. seeing? Well, I've
3: certainly been seeing a lot of unusual structures in patient blood. Not only those that have been Vaccinated, but also those that are unvaccinated, um, in structures, um, in. That you can see on the slides that I've got here that I've recently published.
1: Yes, we'll we'll put those up in the post production of this. We can't do it in the live version, but that is a real worry to to have it in the blood of the non-jabbed, as well. So, so how do we? counter this or are we just offering grim news from start to finish here? Anna? I'm gonna throw that
4: to you. So we've been looking at therapeutics and what is very challenging uh, that I would like to say in general in medicine, it, you know, we need randomized controlled trials to be able to uh, come up with the solution. Uh, but that takes years and we don't have years because every day people are dying suddenly. We also have to consider uh, our colleagues, Dr. James Thorpe's data. He's an OBGYN in the United States who's clearly said that the jabs have the um, the uh, fetal loss rate of the um, pill after the morning pill after. So it has an extremely high abortion rate. He is uh, one of the most uh, renowned maternal fetal specialists. And he's seen babies having heart attacks in utero. The amount of uh baby born dead, uh, has been skyrocketing. The fertility rates are are going down. So uh, what is important from the therapeutic perspective is that You know we've been trying to get information out as soon as we have it and we say look everyone around the world who has the capability to look at this and look at effectiveness by doing live blood before and after please do to add to the pool of information. So in terms of molecules, it's, uh, in the patent, it says that EDTA chelation uh, is able to pull out uh, the, um, the metals. That's certainly been proven over the last 40, 50 years. Uh, It also has effects against graphene and hydrogel. We know that our microbiome or gut flora detoxifies things like graphene as well as heavy metals, but it requires nitric oxide for that. So being able to supplement that is important. We know also that what is important is what's called the terrain of the blood. What that means is the overall health and making sure that the immune system, that the nutritional status is adequate. So we address this in all ways uh, with adequate supplementation. Other molecules are humic and fulvic acid they've also been shown to de- degrade graphene, then we certainly still have if there is mRNA in, in the vials which we haven't examined millions of vials we we know about vials that have no. Uh, mRNA in them or they have fragments of mRNA and what it's producing doesn't appear to be a spike protein. A spike protein has a certain size, 180 Daltons, and it's been shown in studies that it produces all kinds of stuff that we don't even know what it is, but it is not 180 Daltons. So the question is, uh, are things like ivermectin, they, they clinically definitely appear to have, have, um, utility. And so what I'm saying is cover everything. Because while we're trying to figure out our answers and we dial it down, this is very advanced technology. We are, are working on every front that we can, uh, but but use these other uh, things like the EDTA, the UMIC and Fulvic, etc. to help with this. Uh, Andres Kalker uh, is doing a lot of work with uh, chlorine dioxide. There appears to be some promising findings there. So it's a very broad field. We cannot say 100% for certain, does it help the nanoscale, does it completely clear the blood, but we can improve things. And then the last thing that is extremely important is the state of mind of the individual. If you get uh, desperate and depressed and anxious, your overall body will age and get Worse, so going out into nature, getting away from Wi-Fi, getting away from the bad news, hug the people you love, so that that actually um, affects your bioenergetic field that is under attack here, and is able to to augment your health. So we this is a war on all fronts. We have to support the health of every human being on all fronts. Anna, that's an extraordinary
1: answer. And it's partly extraordinary because this week, David, at the High Court in Auckland on Tuesday, New Zealanders will be gathering. There are New Zealanders driving up from the very deep south in in four-wheel drives. They're saying four-wheel drive. It's a four-wheel drive. But people are coming in their thousands to stand outside the High Court uh, in love and support and unity now for this little baby that seems to represent so much to New Zealand, but also to the world. So David, my last plea to you in in my question, Matt may have one more question. What's your message to those doctors? You're a doctor of 25 years standing, you've done all of this research. What's your message to those doctors who I sat across from, who rolled their eyes, said it's science fiction, it's ridiculous, there's no evidence, they don't believe there's any difference in the blood. As a man of such research, what would you say to them if they were in front of you?
3: Right. My my opening comment would be, I think I'd start off by saying, have you ever been in a situation where you've given a medication and, and it hasn't performed the way you expected? Because we've all had that experience. Um. And then I'd say, well, look, there's an awful lot of science going and technology here that is beyond most people's understanding that even it exists. When I first started looking um, at what I was down the microscope and some of the things I was saying, I was thinking, God, this is going to be alien tech. You know, this is just beyond what I thought we, you know, could exist. Um, and the work that Anna's has done, and Karen Kingston, particularly, and David Martin, and other people looking at the patents, is really quite clear that it's not alien tech. It's not. It's not super advanced tech. It's actually a tech that's here and now. The other thing I'd say is that we've got people in the world that are saying they're going to use this technology to merge biology. Um, in the digital, uh, and this, I believe, is is, is what they're dangerous. Um, and that's what we're seeing.
1: So that's a wake-up call to the doctors. Anna, to you, what would you say if they were across from you? And then a, a brief thought from you, Matt, to finish. What would you say, Anna, to those doctors who are playing God with Will's life by delaying this operation the parents are desperate to have and it could easily be signed off this afternoon?
4: I would say, remember your heart and your compassion. At some point you went to medical school because you loved people and you were a servant to them. And that is what it is to be a doctor. Have compassion and find your heart and do the right thing. Remember your oath. Beautiful. And listen,
1: Matt, let's finish with you. What would you say had you been in that meeting advocating for Sam and Cole?
2: Well, I mean, I'd have stuck with the um, you know, the science that I'm really confident about, um, which is that that this narrative that um, the vaccine stays in the arm and it's all gone from the blood in a few hours um, is a complete crock of crap. And there's there's peer-reviewed published literature proving that, um, that that is absolutely wrong. It's absolutely not the case. So if these doctors are laboring under the delusion that that the narrative is all there is and they don't need to look any further, then they've got to read the bloody journals um you know and upskill themselves um, and, and actually deserve the you know the, the expertise and the kudos that they're given because um you know it's it's just they're simply wrong in fact um, bit... you know we've been injecting in muscles for hundreds of years because we know that, that very quickly it gets into the bloodstream and the blood goes everywhere so what you're injecting will go everywhere so it was always going to go to other organs um, and it was always going to hang around. I mean, the messenger RNA is deliberately designed There's an artificial bit to make it hang around uh, and produce a heck of a lot more spike protein than, than you'll get with the natural infection. And again, this is not wild conspiracy theory. This is just peer-reviewed literature that's all there for anybody that wants to find it. And we've been posting these references, you know, in our posts on, on nzdsos.com since the beginning, because that's our, you know, It's 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 our thing. We just try and work out what the truth is by looking at what the science says from a wide range of sources, but but, but particularly, you know, the gold standard.
1: Thank you all very much. You you have blogs, David and Anna, which are top-notch and I advise everybody to go on our treasured New Zealand doctors speaking out with science site and particularly our mainstream media. Please, could you have a look? Open up your minds, educate yourselves as Matt is calling out to the doctors to do as well. Thank you both very much. Kelvin, back to you.
0: Another, uh, what else must also be mentioned is that the New Zealand doctors speaking up with science, Matt Shelton, and the team have also been nonstop sending updated information to the government and all uh, medical council boards so they cannot in any way state that they did not know.
1: Mm, that's crucial. Absolutely. And, and, and to our politicians, the, the the politicians have been on notice have they? as they've discovered new horrors they've notified the politicians so they also can never say uh you know i was innocent i didn't know
5: that's right
0: thanks again to all those doctors uh for joining us we do have um dr robin cosford standing by as well uh from australia but before we get to her um you know our doctors here in New Zealand and those in Australia, they stand shoulder to, to shoulder with some of the best in the in the world, actually. In fact, um, you know, Dr. Peter McCullough and Dr. Malone, um, you know, those types have uh, don't need to be introduced to the majority of people that are probably watching this live stream at the moment. So we want to bring in um, a small uh, piece that... Uh, Clayton and Natalie Natalie Morris put up um, on their podcast, Redacted. If you don't know, um, go and check out Rumble. That is an alternative to YouTube. YouTube is basically a wasteland now. You will not find any decent information on YouTube anymore. Um, it's been heavily censored and uh, Rumble is where it's at. So check out Redacted and uh, we'll play this next clip and come back and then um, we will see
6: uh, Dr. Robin Cosford. Thank you. There's no destroying of the immune system. None of that stuff. Oh, really? Well, how about a landmark peer-reviewed study that was published in September disagrees with you? Your Vice News article was published two months after this study. Could have been easy to find this study two months beforehand. Easy to find, easy to locate. In fact, the study provides hard data on the serious adverse events of Pfizer and BioNTech and Moderna's mRNA vaccines. As in an independent randomized clinical trial. Here's the study. Here's the peer-reviewed study. Here's a quote from the study. Pulled out. Pfizer-Moderna vaccines were associated with an excess risk of severe adverse events of special interest of 10.1 and 10.1 per 10,000 vaccinated over placebo baselines. combined combined the mRNA vaccines were associated with an excess risk of severe adverse events of special interest of 12 per 10,000, 12.5 per 10,000 vaccinated unbelievable this is the kind of adverse of reporting in normal stuff that you would pull off the shelf and demand that you know like congress would step in or somebody would step in and say we can't have this doesn't you know but we don't hear at all so vice news sorry to disappoint you On your, you know, harming portion of the story. So there's a growing group of people now that go to the hospital and have to get a transfusion and do not want blood from these people. Uh, But hospitals are saying, no, you have no choice. It's happening all over the world. Watch this heartbreaking video out of New Zealand, which of course is ground zero for craziness right now around the world. How many of you are from New Zealand watching right now? Let us know in the chat. Uh, if you're from New Zealand, our heart goes out to you. We love you, people of New Zealand, but man, your government. Ooh. And uh, so here's New Zealand, which uh, you know is dealing with these crazy COVID policies. Listen to what these hospital administrators told this family, which had coordinated, by the way, their own blood donations. So they said for our baby, we, we've got blood donations from unvaccinated people, people that don't have these toxic, these toxic spike proteins in there. Reporter Rhonda Wilson highlighted a clip from a documentary called Freedom to Choose Clean Blood, which you can watch on Rumble, of course. Liz Gunn of Free New Zealand Media spoke to this family from the hospital in this documentary, and uh, watch this, just watch, it's unbelievable.
0: With the blood that they're going to use. So we have therefore asked if we can have direct donor
7: blood um, they have to use blood for this operation because it's open heart operation. Mm-hmm. And it's a bypass mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. machine, so they've got to mm-hmm. put blood in there. Um,
1: mm-hmm. We... we mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe mm-hmm. you want to say mm-hmm. a bit more on that. Cold, yeah, can you tell us mm-hmm. your thinking behind that? Well, they, they
5: have to prime the machine up because yeah. the baby, they stop the baby's heart. Then, in order for it to all go the way that it's supposed to, blood needs to be in the machine to keep his body working while while they're operating on the heart and so the whole thing is is you know we we don't want blood that is tainted by vaccination and that's the end of the deal where we're fine with anything else these doctors want to do they are in their field they're the best doctors for the job but they're not flexible and not educated in, in what we all know to be the truth which is the blood banks compromise now with vaccinated blood everywhere
1: yeah absolutely so it's a little bit the metaphor could be like the mormons say we would like to use our blood in an operation it's a little bit like that this is what the world has turned into you have i've checked with some other doctors Mm. and they've said no you should absolutely have the right to say the blood you want to use yeah but is it going to cause a huge amount of extra problem for them is is that why they're saying no? No. 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 What, how have you avoided it causing any so, extra stress? What, what have you done? What we've even done is we've organised all the donors. They're all ready. The donors you've so, organised? Yeah, we've organised all Not the donors. Not the hospital. has
5: got to be... We've got at least 20 you know, plus. Yeah.
1: This is O positive who, blood. O positive, O negative, paediatric donors. Paediatric blood. Who we've already screened. We've got them to do the sample test. So they've been screened. They're all
5: approved by the blood bank to be donors.
1: They've can done. I can I just set this they've got twin babies. We've got little Jethro here who's who's fine. We've got Will who's who's desperately in need of surgery. Mm. You've got children at home as well. You've got this little toddler. Mm. You are new parents to these twins and you've done all of this. The mm. hospital has not done it.
6: No, they won't do it. So that's unbelievable. So they've got their own donors lined up for their own blood transfusion for their little baby, they do not want tainted blood in their baby's body. They do not want these toxic spike proteins in their baby's body. My gosh,
7: and the doctors, going
6: they, they won't let them. They won't let them. They've got to stop the baby's heart as if they don't have enough to worry about. Can you imagine like that little baby that was laying there on the bed? That's the baby that they're talking yeah, about. I you know, that. and the little docotot laying there. Awful. So, you know... Apparently, these people are crazy, according to, you know, Vice News. Like, these are the people that are, these are, you know, these are the people that are out of their minds. So, in the United States, you know, well, yeah, the Red Cross, also equally, equally crazy. The American Red Cross recently came under scrutiny after confessing that it does not separate vaccinated from unvaccinated blood as well. American Red Cross under scrutiny Here's has been at the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic for nearly three years. Currently, it's performing a critical role in the aftermath of Hurricane Fiona. So people are saying, wait a minute, I, I need help here with this blood. I don't want vaccinated blood. Can I please not have vaccinated blood? And then the American Red Cross sends out this response. Well, we don't label blood products as containing Uh, vaccinated or unvaccinated blood as the COVID-19 vaccine does not enter the bloodstream and poses no safety risks to the recipient. If you have safety concerns about potential blood transfusions, please speak with your medical care team. Well, speaking with your medical care team is not enough apparently because these hospitals are saying, sorry, I know you lined up your own donations, but we're going to have to go with the blood that we've got here in the hospital. It's all part of the plan. They don't want to separate this. They don't want these separate blood banks set up. And they don't, I mean, there's an awareness among these people who are reporting these adverse effects that I don't want this shit in my body.
7: Yeah.
6: I don't want these arm mRNA sp- spike proteins in my body. And by the way, it's very very interesting to look at the the COVID jabs that as uh, I you know, I just finished reading Peter McCullough's uh book fantastic book on watch the full documentary that I did with Peter McCullough here on Rumble. My full interview. One of the things they talk about, of course, is the some of the COVID vaccines that did not have the mRNA spike protein um got pushed out, vanished. Whatever happened to the Johnson and Johnson vaccine disappeared in favor of the ones that are doing all of this problem, all of the creating all of these problems. Like what happened to that? J and J and some of the other ones? Disappeared. Gone. No mention of them. Squashed. In favor of Pfizer, Moderna, and the mRNA spike protein uh, DNA genetic altering vaccines, which is now coming out in this data.
0: And we will just uh, come back for a little debrief about that. Liz, what do you think? It was so great to have um, international alternative media actually carrying the story this week.
1: It's really, it's really good to see redacted. It's become one of my favorite podcasts because of the quality, not just visually the dignity and the intelligence. I should have done this research, but I haven't, but I have a feeling someone told me they're both uh, f- former mainstream yeah, uh, they journalists. Are. Yeah. yeah. And so they're using all those skills. And I said this earlier: if any mainstream media journalists still want to come over to tell the truths, because it's been worrying you on your conscience in New Zealand that you are telling things that you now know are not true, that are programmed and being given you, given to you from above and possibly from a government feed, leave them. It's not yep. worth the pay packet. Leave them as I have. It's better to have very little money than have money that is filthy and bloodied and, and made on the back of a little baby whose life is hanging because the government that is feeding you the narrative is not agreeing to free up this blood for baby will come over and tell the real stories as those two have done on redacted and redacted. I would highly recommend it's well-researched, very intelligent, looking at the wider picture. What, did, one, what, you th- what did you think
0: of the global media coverage this week? I think it's actually um, been good, even though it's been one-sided and it's been they tried to eviscerate everyone's um, position on this side of the fence. I think it's only uh, served to highlight the issue even more. Yeah, and a lot of support coming from um, the freedom or the truth uh, community around the world.
8: We are breaking down those walls, the people